My guests today are Johnny and Youssef from propanefitness.com, and we're just catching up about what's been going on in our lives. I was away in London, Youssef's on a new rotation, and Johnny got COVID. We're also going to be discussing some of the recent news stories, including why breastfeeding now needs to be recategorized to be more inclusive, how being injected with the flu might improve your lifting numbers, whether the incel movement caused the Plymouth shooting, why Apple's new privacy updates are problematic for privacy, and much more. Don't forget that you might be listening but not subscribed, and it is the only way that you can ensure that you are never going to miss an episode every Monday, Thursday, and Saturday when they get uploaded. So just open your little podcast app, take your fingers for a walk, and press the subscribe button. I thank you. In other news, this episode is brought to you by Pure Sport CBD. My favorite product from them is their Unwind Blend. If you are struggling to sleep on a night time, if you're finding yourself waking up throughout the night or not feeling sufficiently rested and revitalized in the morning, this is for you. It's an all-natural blend that's got CBD and valerian root and chamomile and lavender and some B-complex in there. And it's an essential group of vitamins that helps you to get to sleep on a nighttime. It helps to reduce stress and enhance your mood. They've got over a 1,000 reviews on Trustpilot at an average of 4.8 stars. And they've been featured on Sky News as one of the fastest and most innovative CBD companies in the UK. You can get 20% off all full-priced items with the code MW20 by going to puresportscbd.com slash Modern Wisdom. You can check out everything that they've got for sale there. They ship worldwide, so no matter where you are, you can get the highest and most advanced CBD products on the planet by going to puresportscbd.com slash modernwisdom and the code MW20 at checkout for 20% off. In other, other news, this episode is brought to you by DW Aligners. You can get the perfect straight smile that you have always dreamed of in under three months, 70% cheaper than other Invisible Align methods. They have a custom-made Invisible Aligner that is unobtrusive and you can't see when you're wearing it. You change them regularly and they incrementally adjust your teeth, creating a straighter smile. They've got a digital system that means you can skip regular trips to the dentist and you're appointed a treatment coordinator to help you every step of the way. It's an easier, quicker and cheaper way to get the smile that you've always dreamed of while still receiving all the support and expertise that you would traditionally plus they also offer great finance plans. You can go to dwaligners.co.uk slash modernwisdom. That's dwaligners.co.uk slash modernwisdom to get started for 70% cheaper than other invisible aligners. But now it's time for the wise and wonderful Johnny and Youssef. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the show. I am joined by Johnny and Youssef from propanefitness.com. How are you doing? Very good indeed. How are you? Very well, thank you. Nice protein shirt, Johnny. Thank you. Protein shirt? Protein shirt. My protein. His protein. It is it protein. Is my, it is, yeah. It's not your protein. My, my protein. protein. Yeah. What were you talking about your Kurdish hairdo, Youssef? Oh, yeah. So I have found... It, if you if you've never been to a Kurdish barber, you're missing out. Sometimes they they're Turkish barbers. I think the the one I'm at is a mixture of Azerbaijan, Turkish, and Iranian, and they always have some top tunes playing, and they give you the like. You can ask for the full treatment, which is like wax buds in your nose and the fire 
on a string and like the hot towel on your head and all that stuff. Incense burning the, in the background. The full full whack. Meat in flat pieces of bread on the way out. <laughs> what an experience. I'd go. It just puts like the standard barber to shame. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so chest feeding. I found this article earlier on. This is uh, from the Daily Wire. Kirsty Alley blasts trans terms like chest feeding, calling them degrading to women. Actress Kirsty Alley slammed so-called trans-inclusive terminology like chest feeding over the weekend, claiming it degrades and nullifies women. It was unclear what sparked Alley's comment, but last week, as the Daily Wire reported, the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine published new guidelines on lactation-related language. Among the organization's recommendations is replacing the verb breastfeeding with gender-neutral terms like human milk feeding and chest feeding because they claim not all people who give birth and lactate identify as female. Whilst the vast majority of responses to Ali, including nearly 1,600 likes, uh, 16,000 likes, expressed agreement, she seemed to address the comparatively few critical replies about 15 minutes later. I'm a little tired of degrading and nullifying women and their abilities, she explained. Breastfeeding is one of our abilities. It's a beautiful and important ability. Knock off the nullifying of women for the sake of lunatics. Equal rights does not equal equal insanity. A few minutes after that, she added, it's our personal responsibility to agree or disagree with concepts. My only point here today is don't let insanity force you to pretend like you agree with the insanity. It's part of the insanity to shame you into agreement. Chest feeding, Yusef. This is a clash between two different... (laughs) do you call it a civil rights movement two different social movements of the the women's ability to say this is our this this is a a female anatomy and this is part of our remit and others saying no that's a gendered term and it is not inclusive for transitioning people so my problem with that is that there is such thing as a male breast if it's if it's in the context of a breast cancer or something but a a breast is capable of lactating and a chest is not capable of lactating so to call it chest feeding is like a until you can have a chest which lactates i don't see how it, it is a more inclusive term you can transition and still have a lactating breast but once it becomes a chest then you can't. So I, I'm not really sure what the what their original point is to can neutralize a, the language. Can a breast become a chest? Can a breast cease to be a breast? If I you think can have... I think it's too. A breast can become a chest and vice versa. But do you not? So a mammary glands they're they're just latent in men, are they? And not used, not being used. Yeah. So you you know a chest can can become a breast if you are a male taking female hormones and you you can form the and will they lactate? The yeah, I had. So I remember. The... I had a friend in school who was adamant that if you stimulated your nipples for three months straight for a couple of minutes a day, they'd start to lactate as a man. So as a man. He, so he tried. He, I remember he tried to do it, and he'd sit in class and do it. I don't know where he ended up. I don't know where he is now. <laughs> That's a risky move. Like just just to try and prove a point, Sitting doing class it to yourself. Just... It's not that it's risky. What, it's a couple of minutes a day. But what if it works? Then you, well, then you're you... a teenage boy with a with. A lactating but breast, you're, you're right. chest. A lactating chest. Sorry. Well, well, no, hold on, because you said there, there is a uh, if if a, if a man has breast cancer, that's possible, right? Yeah. So so therefore, 
surely everybody has breasts. Everyone has potential for breasts. Right. Uh Yeah, you are right with what you say here. There's sort of these conflicting intersectional ideologies going on here that women want their spaces protected. But at the moment, it would appear that sort of trans rights trump women's rights so that the women's rights need to be folded in order to accommodate that. Well, so I've I've just done a video about what is the <clears throat> physiological advantage that trans athletes have in sport. And it's exactly the same thing. It's um, whether in the interest, in the pursuit of fairness versus the pursuit of inclusivity, those are both at odds with each other. And while we, you know, you, you want to be able to grant someone their right to their gender expression, but if that's at the expense of losing fairness in women's sport or in men's sport in some cases you what you've what you've essentially got is someone who has a um a similar background to someone who's who's had multiple steroid cycles or a a multi-year exposure to male hormones and then is competing so the 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 point was that subacute testosterone suppression may not fully eliminate the advantage that it only needs to be for one year right you only need to be at 10 nanomoles per liter for one year and that's basically like doing a 30-year steroid cycle cycling off and then going to compete i don't know whether you saw that the ioc this weekend said that the 10 nanomoles limit is now going to be changed because some women are higher and some men are lower yeah exactly um but you know that there's of course inclusivity barriers that that mean you know if you're a trans athlete you face a lot of potential hate on social media and a lot of difficulty in feeling included in in sport and so on so it, it it's not i'm not saying that the social struggle is not real but it's um it's it's about how do you solve that problem there's there's multiple constraints and parameters and to try and match the two is difficult yeah because you can't even say well this person has this te- like hormonal profile now therefore they should compete here because it's the history that we can't test for right that's really what determines has anyone done it in powerlifting yet, Johnny? Has there been any trans athletes in powerlifting? Not that I'm aware of. There is a there's a famous one. I can't remember the name, um, but yeah, very similar. All the all the famous examples I've seen have been in weightlifting. Yeah, which is I, I don't really understand why that is. I would have thought to give weightlifters their due, their movements are a little bit more sort of technical. There's there's more room for for getting things wrong. So as a sheer expression of power, which would be, there would be bigger disparities between men and women in the sport of powerlifting, I would have thought that that would have shown up in, in a wider margin. I, I'm not I'm not current enough with the, the current, like the powerlifting world as it is mm. to, to know for sure. But I, I think if, it, if that is the case, I think probably the reason is that the, the weightlifting world just has higher, like you can get to the Olympics, right? Basically at, at the moment with powerlifting, you can't. And so why? The, it just doesn't exist. I think so. I think the re- the reason that I've heard is that it's it's an assisted lift in the sense that if you're doing a squat, you have to have spotters, and I think that's one of the reasons. And again, like I, I don't know the ins and outs, but I think that's one of the reasons why it hasn't been accepted as an Olympic sport because you need other people there in order for you to perform. And I think if you think about all the other individual sports, that's not that's not the case. That's all like a, a, an athlete on their own demonstrating their ability and no one needs to be there to help them. Well, I've seen people in the gymnastic double uh, pole or whatever it's called when they have the two bars, the coach <coughs> often lifts the gymnast, gymnasts up to get the first bar. I know it's not quite the same, but it's not a million miles off. That's a good point. 
I think so. I think they they are fighting to try and get powerlifting in the Olympics. Have you like seen um, what Zach Talland has been talking about recently to do with the press out at the top of lifts in power in uh, weightlifting? So no. it's a it's a no rep if when you go into the snatch you catch it with a slight bend and then push out. Yeah. Um, and there's he's just been finding lifts from the Olympics where they're obviously really good lifts, and someone's maybe caught it with a tiny little bit of a bend, or maybe somebody's. Uh, biomechanics just have that bend in it and the judges have red lighted them for something that just looks like a great lift and there's no advantage like if i gave you the option of pressing something out overhead and catching it bent armed or straight armed like you're making it harder they should get like double gold for doing that yeah i mean anybody who can can press constrict press what they snatch or clean and jerk <laughs> I, I think deserves um recognition for that not not a penalty super totally so, yeah but the, the, there's these things I imagine in. I imagine if you were to get really into like the the track and field world, there's lots of like little wrinkly rules that don't make sense. Did you but... see that? Um, the there was a British guy who made it to the hundred meters final, and you don't get any false start lives anymore. If you trigger the false start, that's it. You're out. Out. So this guy made it all the way to the Olympic hundred meters finals, and apparently was was pretty quick and in with a good shot of of being of placing quite well and set off too soon and then some japanese uh, a steward came over showed him a huge red card like it was like a a2 a piece of paper <laughs> just unnecessarily in, just big. in case yeah. everyone didn't see it and then he he didn't get to continue which sucked Ima- like imagine specializing and training in that sport for that long reaching the final and, for five and years being, since the last olympics oh, being so like annoyed. knocked out on a technicality that is that is as basic as they come like, so I, I would have thought they'd be like, oh, sorry, guys, like, start again. Mm-hmm. But to be like, no, you're not even allowed. That's it. You, you're it out. It used to be that you got one false start permission, I think, per athlete or something like that. Um, but then they've, they've obviously changed the rules and he just set off too soon and immediately just knew. Well, th- this is exactly the problem with, with all of these things. Like, as soon as there's a tiny bit of wiggle room, people exploit it and take the mick. Yeah. Like, if, if everyone was allowed one false start each, you know that there'll be a race where every single athlete will just be like, oh, yeah. well, yeah. I've had my... So, yeah. Johnny, you had COVID. What was COVID like? Um, well, I mean, it, it's hard to sort of complain about it because ultimately I'm fine. And I know obviously a lot of people aren't or, or weren't fine, but it was... I would say worse than I expected it to be, to be honest. What's that mean? Just, I, I don't know, like, like you you kind of assume as someone who, like, exercises and kind of takes care of the health and I'm not overweight or any of these things, you kind of assume, like, oh, it'll be a, I'll have a bit of a, a sniffle and then it'll go away. But it, I think it's more the, <clears throat> like, the total, just completely feeling wiped for, like, four or five days straight. Um I I don't I don't know how you two feel about this, but I don't remember aside from that the last time I was like sick for anything. I haven't you... been ill since before 2020 because I didn't see anyone for all of last year. I didn't right. get ill. I have, I literally haven't been sick since then. So I think it's probably it's like temperature, right? I think it's the contrast because I've spoken to other people who seem to have had sort of a similar set of symptoms to me, but then also said like, yeah, but I I get something like that once a year. I'm like what mm. like, what do you mean but yeah i think like i suppose it depends on how often you you get like a the flu or the or a cold or anything like that but 
when you um when you like try and train or try and like you like monitor try and maximize your sleep and like my throat was so sore for a period of time like two nights in a row where every time I swallowed it was like an eight out of ten pain and it woke me up so like (laughs) imagine having like a dry like really dry mouth and then you like you go and get a sip of water and then you swallow like just as you fall asleep awake again yeah and so it's like this cruel trick of like you feel terrible already and then you just have night after night of like interrupted sleep and it just spirals and gets worse but yeah it it wasn't just like a uh, i had a bit of a bit of a cold and felt crap for a day or two it was it was like a full week helped you training though for one day for it yeah for a so the the day i suspected that i had it um i so basically i went on a stag do and uh, much to yusuf and chris's amusement I, I was like super compliant for all of 2020 um went on a went on a stag do to manchester in a beer keller where the like one of the england games was being played and um, you like sat there in the beer keller as everyone's like chanting. Given how much sh- we love hugging. football, I as well. love football. Yeah, I was like, I was over the moon to be there. Um, I hate football. Uh, and everyone's chanting and like hugging each other, and you just sat there thinking, like, oh, here we go, here we go. Oh, come on, the blues. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like two or three days after that, I thought I, it's probably still just sort of lack of sleep, and I probably don't have COVID. So trained did a squat single, like a heavy single on squat. And I measured the bar speed of all my squats. Did this rep and I was like, oh my God, that that is the fastest that has ever moved. Like of all the reps I've collected, like thousands of reps, that is the fastest that has ever been. So I walked out of my garage thinking like, I'm fine. I definitely don't have COVID. And then the next morning, like, oh my God. <laughs> and you spoke so, to your coach. Didn't he say that that's like a... A previously used training enhancement so i was was telling him about it i was like have you heard of anyone else who kind of had this like window where um as you were sort of dealing with the virus you kind of your performance improved and he he was saying it's like a like an old technique where they would i don't know how true this is but apparently they used to inject flu into strength athletes because there's this window where you kind of super compensate i can see use of just sort of skimming over the well, the literature the there. That I've seen. <laughs> um, there's this period as you're kind of dealing with it where your performance is, is higher than normal, but then obviously you get the flu. <laughs> so you've got to you've got to time it right. Yeah, if you get that one day early. Yeah, if the kaput. competition gets delayed, you're like, oh God, like the, it, there's some really brutal techniques that like the USSR and Russia and like uh, some of Europe use to like not obviously there's the hormone treatment and peds and stuff but there's stuff like this like injecting someone with a virus or creating an abortion in a athlete like so getting them pregnant and then inducing an abortion to i can't i think it's to like manipulate their weight or something like that and you all these like they're just like messing with people's physiology just so that they can squeeze out another what does the abortion do i think it was used with judo athletes presumably to help them make weight I don't. I don't really. That's understand a heavy weight why. cut. That isn't it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just yeah. you you just go on a longer on a longer deficit. Yeah, it just in, seems like a sledgehammer. In like the the powerlifting competitions I've done, like at the international level, you realise quite quickly that like the Russian team, like that's their job. So you're going up against like the the British team who are sort of paying that to be there themselves, training in their spare time, 
you know, occasionally get a session in uninterrupted against literally people who not only have coaches who are willing to do things like that, but they're getting paid to do it. And the population so, of Russia as well. Yeah. <laughs> when, when your coach is making you get an abortion so that you make weight or inducing, inducing pregnancy and then making you get an abortion just so that you make weight, that's a level of intensity. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you just, the UK, we're not going to go there. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody should go there, really. Like, I don't, I don't like, where you're from as, a, as an aside. This is why the communists are winning, though, Johnny, because they're prepared to take it to <laughs> so the places. Whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the mentality that they've got. It, well, I mean, like, back to your point about, um, like, Olympics and powerlifting, like, the fact that people are willing to do stuff like that and all you get is a plastic trophy and something around your neck and, and someone <laughs> patting you in the back. And, like, yeah, yeah, it's fun, but it is just, just powerlifting. You know, there's not, it's not yet... A career and people the the people who win the the ipf world championships aren't being interviewed on bbc news you know it's not did um, not quite the same did level. someone pull 1005 kilos this weekend there was this Can't. huge 1000 yeah sorry 1005 oh 505 kilos sorry um that's a big deadlift so they I had taking uh half thor thingy no so there was it was a guy from manchester there was a huge event on this weekend and Eddie Hall was there um, helping to present it and they had 505 kilos on the bar. So Eddie Hall had it and then yep, half uh, Thor had it, yep. took it off him very controversially. And then, yeah, so Eddie posted on his YouTube channel something about a 505 deadlift world record. So yeah, you're right. Wow. I haven't seen it though. It's the first I've heard of it. Did, yeah. they, did they get the rep? I'm not sure. So I knew that they had it, they had the, the bar all set up, which is a lot of weight. Like yeah. It's a lot of weight when you look at that. Well, it's it's too much for most people. If anything. Far, far too much. Yeah, they yeah. should take some off. If they, <laughs> You know, if they took so some off, easier. they would be able to do it more easily. Yeah, I know. Um, like, I, I'd be able to do it if they, took, if they took some off. Well, everybody would at some point. Yeah, no one does it sumo, though. Do they? No one at that <laughs> level. Right, like, no, one, no one that does it properly. No one that lifts properly does it sumo. There's, there's no drug testing. They're allowed to use straps. They can use bendy bars and big plates, but sumo deadlifting, that is <laughs> <laughs> off the cards how dare you put your feet there you cheating <laughs> did you see the did you see the eddie hall uh like the eddie hall versus thor fight that was going to go ahead and then eddie tore his bicep snapped his bicep yeah fight. Fight. they were going to have a fight like a boxing match yeah. in vegas soon the end of this month yeah 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 it was. That, uh, that would be have you seen, the, have you seen the, the clip of him? Like he, he's just training, yeah. and his bicep just goes bing. Like, well, like, so, did you I see mean, that on the undercard was supposed to be Josh Josh Bridges versus Dave Castro, the director of the CrossFit Games? What? Josh Bridges, ex Marine versus Dave Castro, also technically ex Army or Marine, but not not quite in the same sort of physical universe. Have so, you seen? You must have seen the Dave Castro deadlift video. It takes 33 seconds for him to pick up like 400 pounds. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. I Dave think I'd, I'd back Josh Bridges. I mean, if they're both CrossFit athletes, like, it, you know, it's going to be a bit safer. But I think when you have someone like the two powerlifters who are so hyper specialized in their sport, and then you make them do something that's really not related, like, no doubt they're going to tear a bicep. Look at the difference in his weight, man. Look at the difference in how much weight Eddie's lost. It's crazy. He does, yeah. He's regularly doing these transformation photos because there's obviously uh, basically an unlimited amount of footage of him on this permabulk <laughs> where he's a sphere. He's like 190 kilos or something like that. Yeah, he looks like a snowman. Looks like a snowman with legs. 
Do you remember when people started drinking loads of green tea because Eddie Hall said he had it like between meals? I did, as part of his like daily it diet. Green tea, it was like um it was like grapefruit juice or something. Something really something like... irrelevant that what what did Greg Glassman say that <laughs> that caused him to Floyd, get in trouble? It was Floyd nineteen. That's what he referred to the virus ah, as. That was Floyd it. nineteen. So oh he, really? Yeah, they didn't, didn't post out a black square. This is a year and a bit ago. So for anyone that doesn't know, the ex uh, owner CEO of CrossFit HQ um, was basically kicked out of his own company for not saying the right things and then for posting some stuff online. And then there'd been a I guess some rumblings behind the scenes that he'd done things that people weren't happy with. He'd said other stuff that they felt was inappropriate in meetings. And then he was ejected from his own company and now there's a new director in. Just like every white racist granddad. Yeah. Well, they lost like they lost the Reebok sponsorship. No, right? that was that was already lapsed. Oh really? Yeah, that oh, was okay. already lapsed. So that was already gonna happen. Um right. and to be fair, it- Noble make awful clothes, the new sponsors of CrossFit. They make terrible clothes. But they do make quite nice videos for social media, so <laughs> swings and roundabouts. Really, yeah, I know. Um, what's you've you're on a new rotation at doctoring? What are you doing now, Seth? I am on pediatrics. So didn't someone anyone... didn't someone once like some readers of the Sun or something once throw bricks through a pediatric doctor's window because they thought it was something else? Yeah. So, so this is a, an interesting kind of north-south thing. I spoke to someone the other day who was like, so he's a registrar and he's a surgical registrar. And he was like, oh, yeah, I was thinking of doing peds because, like, it's the kind of thing that, like, you say in a bar and women love it. And they're like, oh, that's weird. I was like, really? He was like, yeah, down south, like, in the north, they just go, peds. What, so you're, you're a pedo? And you're like, no. Like, so there's maybe a difference in understanding and perception. What's it be like dealing with little kids? it's just chaos because you like with with an adult patient like you can ask them a question they'll like can i have your hand please or feel your pulse whatever with a kid like they're upset because they're ill and they're screaming and sometimes you're like chasing them around and you have to like look in their tonsils with a with a big like wooden stick and to try and do that when they're like biting onto it and kicking away and stuff you you just it's just a bit of an uphill battle so you have to be a lot more opportunistic and kind of play with them a bit and um you know just examine what you can while they're while they're still allowing you to and anything that's like so if you know checking the tonsils that's going to make them cry or gag so you have to leave that until the end you can't just <laughs> god <laughs> now um it reminds me of our friend julian who was teaching english in china and it was like reception level kids so like four years old and three and they gave him no prep. They just said, right, here's a plastic watermelon and a plastic fish. Off you go. You've got them all day. And he's like, right, okay. He just came into the room just going, hey, <laughs> toys. And they just started crying. He's like, oh, this is going to be a long day. From what I know, the kids at that age in reception and year one, it's basically playtime. And there's a transition between year one and two and then two and three <laughs> where the kids have their playtime taken away from them, but they sort of slowly introduce it. So they wean them off the playtime thing and they gently say, okay, so we need you to sit down on the ca- on the carpet for 15 minutes and then you can have a little bit of a play area outside and often sort of play and school start to intermingle. But it is weird when you think, like if you'd done something for five years of your life, 100% of your life and also five years, and then someone <laughs> came in and said, 
that particular modus operandi, like someone came into you and said, Johnny, you're no longer allowed to use OmniFocus. Like you've used it for five years and the, the central core tenet of your life has now been taken away. You'd be like, I'm, I'm, I'm sad about this. So yeah, they have to fight quite hard, I think. Well, the Swedes do, so they just don't do school until seven, do they? And then they outperform the rest of the rest of us. Why do you think that is? So supposedly that the first seven years, they just let them play and be kids rather than try and like sit them down and make them learn handwriting and stuff. And then by the time they're seven, they're like, oh, I've had enough play play time now. I'm ready for some serious work. Yeah. Isn't there's also the thing of like school start time. That was in the news a while ago. Of like this, they start school too early, and kids should be allowed to like get more sleep, and that would act like shorter hours at school, but more sleep and more rest would accelerate performance. They'd it's just one of those things that doesn't get changed. Some Same college in, in America um, had managed to reduce road traffic accidents by twenty five percent simply by starting college an hour later, because all of these students were going crazy. to bed going, going to bed too late, waking up tired, and then crashing their cars. I've got quite a controversial opinion, which I'm, <clears> I'm sure you, you two would agree with this, which is that. You know, a while ago, there was this big thing about offices being sexist because they are set at the temperature that men are comfortable at, but women are too cold. Okay. Saying that because men's base temperature is slightly higher. And uh, I, can, I mean, yeah, like that makes sense. It's, it's, a, it's a man-centric environment if they've set it around that. But you can't get cold easily, but you can you can just wear a jumper if you're... It's, sorry, if you're too hot, you can't... Like cool yourself do down as easily, yeah. Well, it, it becomes inappropriate very quickly, doesn't it? Well, that's it. There's yeah. only so many clothes you can take off until it's problematic. Yeah, it's just generally, generally a bit of a minefield, isn't it? Well, I don't know, man. Like making everything. This is something I brought up on GB News on Andrew Doyle's show this weekend. I was saying like every situation that occurs <clears throat> is framed as if it's a small manifestation of some underlying huge conspiracy that's going on it's never just so So, this this plymouth shooting that's happened this weekend is a a perfect example and you have this guy who has posted some stuff online and said that he's sort of feels he's unattractive to women and kind of on his own and this has been taken as uh what an individual who has been adopted like a terrorist group by the incel community, and this is a manifestation of a cis heteronormative patriarchal construct that now is trying to run rampant around the world. And you're like, well, you're taking away from it the individual's agency here. Like his mother had contacted the NHS for months and months, apparently, saying that he was quite a troubled young guy and that they thought he had ADHD and was somewhere on the spectrum. And you think, okay, like all of this, everybody's life is so idiosyncratic and peculiar. How can you say that it's due to some underlying conspiracy that all men are a part of, or all women are a part of, or all trans people are a part of? It's not, it's just individuals doing things. It's, it's chicken egg. You've all seen the family guy color chart thing. It's that's kind of got memed for a while where it's like a picture of Peter Griffin wearing a fez. And it's like, on the top it's like the light color skin shades and it says like um nice guy with mental health problems and then it gets darker and darker and it's a terrorist and it's kind of that that's kind of what they've done that of course if there is a online group of people with toxic thoughts and behaviors of course somebody who is maladaptive maladjusted and is looking for meaning and some kind of group identity of course they're going to gravitate to that 
or if they're going to join ISIS or whatever. Like it's the the nearest local cultural group that you can say yes, I like I resonate with that. As to whether the group caused the behavior or the behavior just found the group and said yes, that's convenient for me. That's what's more difficult to yeah tell. It's whether like if the community hadn't existed, would the would the situation have, have occurred? Like yeah. if the person was still as they were with the same underlying conditions, is th- is the idea of the act given to them? Then they're just more receptive to it than the average person. But so I read, a, read, read an article from Nama Cates, who has been researching the incel community for years. So for anyone that doesn't know about this, there's a guy called was it Stephen Davison. And um, yeah, Dave, Davison, 22, shot six people, including a a three-year-old and a father and then shot his mum and himself. Uh, And this lady who's done a ton of research said, it's striking just how inaccurate and irresponsible some of the commentary by self-appointed incel experts has been made in recent days. Take the claim made in The Guardian a day after the tragedy that incels actively recruit young men, recalling the tactics used by extremist groups such as ISIS. I've spoken to dozens of incels for my research, and not one of them has suggested this happened. Overwhelmingly, these young men find the content on their own, which isn't difficult to imagine for young people with internet access. That is not to minimize the potentially toxic effect of a fatalistic, misogynistic echo chamber in which misery and failure are celebrated, or to deny the possibility that some very vulnerable individuals with a predisposition towards violence might come across their community and use it to ascribe their vengeance to a greater purpose. The murder of 10 people by Elliot Roger in 2014 demonstrated this is possible, but the coverage thus far has focused on the incel angle to the exclusion of everything else, and at times cherry-picked details in a way that feels intellectually dishonest. For if we're going to look at the case of Jake Davison, honestly, we're going to have to look at the whole picture. Don't lose sight on the perpetrator and instead blame the entire group. Jake Davison, not Stephen Davison. Very nicely put. Yeah, exactly that. So it's the echo chamber, it's the the algorithms, it's your search behavior that like, if you didn't have those tendencies, you wouldn't be searching for those groups. You wouldn't be finding meaning in those kind of communities. So it's how, how do you pick that apart? There's a really good BBC documentary about incels. I think they took it down from YouTube. I don't know if it's still available. And they find like four or five guys who all identify as incels, but they have different kind of angles and personalities and they follow them through. One of them is very kind of down on himself and has low self-esteem, but doesn't seem to have much kind of hatred towards women. And he's like, oh, well, I'm going to try and do Lux Max, which is some kind of like <laughs> incel approach of like, how do I take it? Like, accept that I am a ugly guy with nothing going for me, but how can I like maximize what I've got? So he starts lifting weights and taking steroids and like, and then there's someone else who's just like a dork. And a bit of a self-identified dork. And he's like, oh, well, like women aren't interested in me and I'm just going to accept that and live my life. But then there's another guy who catfishes people. Like he really hates women and he sets up, he spends his time like setting up fake profiles on Tinder and plenty of fish and stuff, setting up dates with women using like a picture of like a male model at McDonald's. And then he goes in when they're sat waiting for oh, him. He calls and he like, them whores ah, and stuff. You, yeah, you've told me yeah. about this before. He's like, oh, you're a slut. Like if it, if it was really me then you wouldn't you would never go out on a date with me but it's only because it was a model and and the interviewer is like do you think that perhaps the reason that women don't want to go on a date with you is maybe related to your attitude rather than how you look he's like no man it's my jawline it's my like whatever (laughs) i i didn't know 
so I'm going to play like the I'm going to play the person who doesn't know what's going on in this conversation. <laughs> so I didn't know much about Incel pre you like mentioning what we might talk about, it, Chris. So it stands for involuntarily celibate, right? Or like that's yes. the yes. So the 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 thing that just immediately strikes me as strange when people say like I identify as it is the first word is involuntarily. So like something's happening to somebody and they say, oh well, now I'm going to identify as this so presumably the the culture and a lot of the like the documentaries and the stuff that is discussed about these people is not simply due to the fact that they are involuntarily celibate it's the fact that there's a community that's developed yeah as a result of that where people are then doing things that are not related to that situation that are worse it's, right. they're bound together with this fatalistic narrative i mean you could say in other areas of of life people do this too there's a deaf community people didn't choose being deaf um mm-hmm. the, the difference is that you have far more control over whether or not you sleep with a woman about than whether you get your hearing back and this is a i suppose th- th- there's a lot going on here but first off you can splinter an, an entire group the incel community even that down into so many different layers as you've just identified there and I think that this uh, Jake Davison guy actually posted on Reddit saying that he disagreed with most of the stuff he was seeing in some of these sort of men's forums because he found it quite toxic and not very helpful. There's even mm. a, a subculture of fake cells within the incel community. And these are people who um, actively try to improve themselves. So there's a, a, a an active disagreement with the personal development and self-growth world because that's seen as being a traitor to the incel movement you should accept your fate and you should become one of us and this is where you get these awful great attitude (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you also see on the flip side of this there's these entire apartment blocks in china where single men who can't get a wife live so because single child policy plus uh Chinese families wanted to have boys rather than girls when it came to having their one child what you've got is this these huge swaths of men who literally can't find can't find women but as you what have, a consequence of that I, I know wouldn't have even thought that yeah like in 20 years you're creating like yes okay you've got a son big whoop but now in 20 years he's never going to be able to find a wife because there will be literally no women around correct unless you unless you give birth to a chad you're wrecked and <laughs> The, the the other side of this, I mean, so that that's obviously something that's happened because of a, a gender imbalance, but there's definitely an attraction imbalance as you have women that are able to be more educated, richer, and higher status. You have to presume that the, the fundamentals of attraction are that a man needs to be, in my opinion, like three or four out of taller, richer, better educated, and more status. You can have a short man that is smart, rich, <laughs> and well-educated, but and you can split it together in other ways as well, but you're going to really struggle if you only have two of those four. If the woman is both taller and smarter than the man, the attraction is very difficult because there is inherently inbuilt into women an attraction towards status, resources, this level of dominance, and also it, it, it ch- changes the dynamic of the relationship if she's the breadwinner. That's not to say that it doesn't work, but that it is more difficult. It's like being the tall girlfriend. Like... Very few women date men that are smaller than them. That means so, that if you're six foot one, you're looking at pro athletes. You're re- reducing down your own dating pool by having that. So yeah, it's not the same as selective breeding over in China, but you can see how 
there is a increasingly small dating pool for women that are high achievers. And as more women become high achievers, there is a greater number of men at the bottom of that list who aren't really appropriate mates. So that that's an interesting point. And actually, a lot of those characteristics you've mentioned there are modifiable. You know, like height is, is non-modifiable. But a lot of the other ones you can, you know, through the self-improvement, through um, socialization, all these kind of things, you can improve them. Now, the attitude that you described there of like, no, we need to accept our fate. We're not allowed to improve because we're, we're all in this mud together or whatever. That is, it's, it's a weirdly toxic version of the the kind of flip side of it which is we're all worthy of love as we are and we don't need to you know we are inherently valuable as humans and all that but it's so it's that seen through a toxic eye which is that like i shouldn't have to improve myself to be worthy of um female company and i shouldn't have to do this i think it's even more than that it's that even if i did it still wouldn't make a difference so it's almost they've given up as apathy. Total fatalistic approach, yeah. And I think that it's a, a wonderful way to bind everybody together because if somebody tries to drag themselves out of the mud, you have the crabs that cling on from the bottom of the bucket. It's, it's the crab mentality. But the whole um, point is that if you don't bring anything to the table, then how can you expect anyone to be it's- interested? It's like the opposite of the self-improvement, self-development world, right? Of like, I'm just going to, if I just identify with a group of people who say, well, we're fucked regardless, then you, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's permission to not try and change the situation. Because oh. as you were saying, Yusuf, if like three of, is it three of the four were modifiable or improvable? Yeah. If that's the framework you're playing in, then just improve those things. I think Don't as well. Don't join the four. Admitting, just get taller. <laughs> get taller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take some growth. I think that, Admitting that there's a potential for hope can be quite painful, whereas just relinquishing any hope is is the easiest well, way. So that's why when people have missing children, a lot of the time they would actually probably, after 10 years or 20 years, they would sooner find out that they were dead than continue going on with that open loop because they just want to close off that situation. And by closing off the potential for improvement you actually think well there's no hope at least now i know what to expect i can predict what happens in the future and it's more misery and aloneness well the like the definition at the top of google says that it's just a it's blaming women for a lack of sexual activity so by very definition it's like failing to accept responsibility for the situation and if you have hope then it's like well i have to change somebody else Mm. i have to change other people in order for this to improve rather than, well, I can just change myself. And that being said, women are the sexual gatekeepers and men are the sexual protagonists. So a couple of suggestions would be go gay. Like no one says no. In the, in, like go in the, gay. Turn gay. <laughs> just turn gay. Like, or, like there's, gay men have loads more sex. But, I mean, do you, Okay, I, I realise that's a tongue-in-cheek suggestion, but to do you not do think that, that that would be an effective... Command? an effective solution well that that implies that like you can just alter your preferences are you saying johnny that some people may not just be able to alter their preferences like a fashion choice no i said it 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 assumes it i didn't say that it cannot can't be done well (laughs) so something i I would recommend for for background of anyone listening is have a look at some of the like incel subreddits in fact it might have even been well, shut down a bunch of them it... a bunch of them have been removed but you see if you go to r slash men's rights 
there's sort of echoes of that. It will have there. gone somewhere, yeah. Yeah, there's little echoes of it. So you're encouraging people to type into Google something that is a fairly extremist even term that is then going to feed more of that sort of information back to that person. Well, okay, Reddit so isn't optimized in that way. So Reddit's actually quite safe like that. But you have Google to is. Yeah. yeah, fair point. Fair point. <laughs> so just type it into your browser and then search within Reddit. <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah, it, it's worth having a look and seeing that we're not caricaturing the viewpoints here. Like it is very much the, the tone in what they're saying. Yeah, scary stuff. And they they kind of revere. Is it? What did you say, Elliot Rogers? Yeah, they Elliot hold Rogers. him up as like a, a a prophet. Yeah, correct. Yeah, they literally say there was this uh, screenshot of a guy who did a shooting in America, and just beforehand he was talking about how uh, like all hail our hero Elliot Roger or Mister Roger or something like that, referring to that. So yeah, you you do get this. Um, it's so insular, man, and yeah, it, it's difficult. It is difficult, right? Because you have the the bottom eighty percent of men are competing for the bottom twenty percent of women on Tinder, and the top eighty percent of women are competing for the top twenty percent of men. So, like this imbalance, this hypergamous imbalance that you have in attraction, it does lead to men that can't get a date and women that struggle to find a man that they're attracted to. Like this is just this is one of the challenges. You were saying that these these subreddits have been closed. Some so of them. You, that- do you think that this will like move towards a world where like predictive algorithms will be able to forecast this kind of violent behavior that, that comes off the back of these, these oh, communities? In fact, speaking of which, how do you feel about Apple's new move? Have you heard about this? That they are now doing server-side scanning of your images to see if it matches with any child abuse images and... Um, and then reporting it to the authorities. And I think it's been under fire, not only because Apple have now stepped in from being private company to law enforcer, which is, you know, arguably outside of their their remit. Their counter argument is, well, if you're holding it on our servers, we it's our business to make sure that we've not you've not put dodgy stuff on our servers. But it's the it's more that it's a slippery slope potentially for well, if you have the technology in place, you could very much change the database of stuff that you're checking it against to anything that the local government doesn't like. I think the, the biggest problem with it is like, well, firstly, <clears throat> it feels slightly hypocritical that a lot of the changes in iOS 14 were we don't trust Google, Facebook, or any of these other big companies to manage your data. So we're going to allow you to say, well, no, they can't do that. But we can't, aside from no longer using an Apple device, we can't opt out of this. And I, re- I know like the source reason is right. Like it's a valid reason of what they're trying to do. But it's a very, it's a very clever valid reason because it's like, oh, you, you're not in favor of this. That must mean that you're pro child abuse. Then it's, yeah. the, it's odd the, to... the like coming from a like constantly surfing the edge of the algorithms of these these big companies from an advertising perspective. Like the number of things that they when an when an algorithm is trying to make a decision, the number of like false positives it spots in something. That's what's most worrying. When it's like it's up to something to just scan a photo library, and if it sees something that it, it deems to be illegal, even if it's com- completely not illegal, it can be reported to the authorities, and you've just got to deal with the backlash. Didn't you say that it gets passed up to a, a human operator that's going to check first? 
supposedly but then it's, i mean the same thing applies with uh, iMessage but it doesn't go to a, i think it just goes straight to so in iMessage if you have an iCloud account that's registered as under 12 or under 16 and you send and like a picture that could be seen could be picked up by the neural network as a naked picture it'll blur out the picture for the recipient and it'll inform the family of the sender you are kidding me so so if you send a nude at 16 years old it might be 12 or 13 okay but, but yeah the point yeah. stands that, that it will tell your family so that the risk there is that it could be apple's it could be the blood on apple's hands if let's say it's a pakistani gay 12 or 13 year old whose family do an honor killing because they've been informed that they've sent a nude shit that's it's a it's a scary potential as soon as you change yourself from being a communicator to being a policer everything you have to try and plug an awful lot of holes in the bottom of the boat and doing them individually on a case-by-case basis like this like i never thought of that the equivalent would be probably if you were in an orthodox jewish community and they found out that you were homosexual that's it like you're you're out, you're out of i mean you're not dead but you're never going to be allowed back into that community again it's the other side of it is it's placing a lot of emphasis on like the algorithm spotting these things. So it, it needs one instance of it, like what false it, positive, fa- well, false positive, or like maybe it, it 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 identifies differently with like skin tone, skin color, like lots of different things, and suddenly one instance isn't picked up, and something happens off the back of it. Like it just needs one failure for the whole thing to be to fall apart. So it's got to if they're going to say like this is what we're doing. It needs a 100% capture well, rate. We were doing fine without it. Like, <laughs> it's a bit. I I think it it could. So like, I don't know how you two feel about it, but I think even though obviously I'm not I'm not worried about them, them seeing something illegal in my photos. Like, I don't really like the idea of it. This, it's a it's an invasion thing, isn't it? Like, every, they're going to read and look at everything on my phone. So the sad thing is, they already have this capacity. It's just that they mm-hmm. haven't turned it on. And it's yeah. us becoming aware of the fact that they can do it. The same as when people said, I can't believe that my Alexa's been recording things. <laughs> How the fuck do you think it knows when you say, hey, Alexa? Like, yeah. what do you think it was doing? Like, it's constantly listening. The only difference is the fact that they've recorded it and saved it somewhere. So, like, part of the incredulity that comes with it is just like, look, presume that all tech companies have all access to everything that you do, and they simply haven't decided to flip the switch to be able to look at it. Mm. Yeah, or, or they have and they just don't talk about it publicly like yeah. it, it's a good way of looking at it if you say okay i have purchased a device that has a built-in microphone and camera and voice recognition and transcription capability and uploading capacity with very high speed and all these like features like it, this device does that you'd be like well what could it potentially do if i didn't want it to so i think that the difference here is them is apple openly saying we are going to report these this information to, to the authorities isn't it like I, yeah. think we, I, I already feel like everything i type into whatsapp or every gmail email or every facebook messenger conversation or whatever is read by something but at least they don't they don't publicly say if you say this word uh yeah you're Ombudsman. gonna have yeah you're, <laughs> you're gonna have some consequence to deal with that like we're not going to be involved in we're just going to pass your information on and if we're right or whatever then so That's that you to deal with. that actually has given rise to the the theory that Apple 
it, that it wasn't really Apple's decision because uh, from a profit perspective, I'm not sure why that why they would launch something like this. Mm-hmm. And so some people have suggested have claimed that it could be Apple have been strong armed by some government to say like, oh, you need to launch this mm-hmm. and subject to a gag order. It just feels so like the other thing they're doing in iOS 15 is is they're removing like um, the ability for for companies like ConvertKit and ActiveCampaign all these things to say that someone's opened an email, right? Which like is arguably really damaging all these businesses that don't have ill intent, at least as far as I know, right? So what would there be the be, reason for protecting people from knowing whether or it's not just, an email's been opened? It's a privacy thing, right? The okay. whole thing's yeah. a privacy thing. So like you can now say that Facebook. Google, all these other third-party companies can't track you on iOS 14. And you're now going to be able to say that you can create single use, which is use of dream. You can create like single instance email addresses within <laughs> oh. within within Apple. Okay. So that you just someone receives a promo a promo email once and then you're not they're not on an email list, which affects so many businesses, right? And it's all in the name of privacy. But at the same time, they're saying we're gonna look at all your photos. Yeah. It just doesn't like I know that the agendas are different behind the two decisions, but it, it feels very hypocritical of like, well, we own the hardware, so we have one set of rules, but everybody else. It's like, difficult to take this sort of Puritan uh, talking point about safety and security and you can own your own data whilst at the same time doing something that's completely like analog. The to opposite. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, have you been looking at, this Afghanistan Afghanistan situation because I tweeted yesterday saying I I don't really know what like, are people complaining about the fact that we've pulled out should we have never been there in the first place is there an argument that we should have left troops on site like, I think 400 and 400 and something British troops have been killed there since we landed and there's the, everybody seems to have an opinion and nobody seems to have a solution we're operating on incomplete information as well. I think many of the big global events over the last 30 years, there's always going to be partial information that's not public and maybe is leaked and released over the next 20 or 30 years by the time it's irrelevant. But yeah, it seems like a kind of, I suppose you have to pull a stop loss at some point and say, you know what, we can't help with this. But then the consequence is that as soon as you do, there's this big, like, the dam breaks and everything floods back. And, and we're seeing that in the photos, the, the one you sent before of, like, people sat on the, the wing of an airplane or, like, the traffic jams or climbing up into the airport. Dude, there's a... I can't remember the name of the plane. It's a American military plane, like a C, C-60 C or something, like a big, just... It's a hangar. It's a huge lorry out the back with nothing in it. And they managed to fit 800 people into one of these compartments out the back. Absolute Ryanair style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still better quality than Ryanair. Um, yeah, and then I saw a video of a plane moving down the runway. It didn't look like it was about to take, it wasn't at takeoff speed, but there was people holding onto the wings. While it's taking off. Well, I don't know if it was, a, it wasn't at takeoff speed and there was a lot of people running in front of it. But Surely you'd die. Surely. You're not lasting. Yeah, not, you're not lasting. The, the, the odds aren't you're great. Not yeah. Well, you'd have to have yeah. really good... What if you use straps? Because Johnny reckons that straps are cheating. <laughs> well, you'd need a strap that went around the wing. Yeah. So I th- just I think one of those little... Like, no, I, I think, I think they'd run into like oxygen altitude problems. Yeah, temperature. And like you'd need a lot of chalk. 
you would need a lot of shock to get to maybe get, even a belt to be honest to get great. i don't think the belt would help knee <laughs> sleeves <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be the guy with knee sleeves who stays on. Everyone else will be like, "Did you see?" Um, <laughs> have my I, I swear it was Biden that tweeted a couple of months ago saying, "This will not be a last chopper out of Saigon moment." And someone's quote tweeted it with a photo of a helicopter landing on the top of the U.S. embassy <laughs> in the middle of Afghanistan to pick some people up and take them away. Bloody hell! Yeah, I mean, it, it looks fairly horrendous, doesn't it? Every image, everything that's coming out of it. But as as Issa says, like, it, how do you form an opinion on something when you only see like the the, the headlines? You see like the filtered view of it, don't Johnny, you? Johnny, are you saying that the internet is supposed to take their time <laughs> and fully research a problem before they actually decide to like... commit to making a making a comment about <laughs> don't it? Don't be ridiculous. I <laughs> know. Oh, how dare I? Every time you say, are you saying, I'm like, oh my God. He's going to Kathy Newman me. I'm getting Kathy <laughs> here. <laughs> well, I watched the, um, the the snippet of your interview on, I can't remember, GB, G- News. GB yeah. News, where I, there was a, the segment I saw involved a lot of, are you sayings yeah. thrown in your direction. Correct. And you just sort of like leading on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that was Andrew. Andrew was trying to stitch me up, so I'm passing the parcel on to you today. <laughs> Yeah, he um they brought up as well on that about the SNP instructing schools that children should be able to decide their gender without parental consent and that a teacher must comply with that child's wish. Children as young as 4 can change their names and gender at school without parental consent. Teenagers of opposite sexes can share rooms on residential trips. Likewise for those who identify as something else can share a room with others who identify differently. Gender neutral toilets and the SNP have become so obsessed with trans rights that safeguarding is now a nightmare. Um I mean, my business partner's kids often identify as astronauts in the morning and then train drivers in the afternoon and you know, a rocket man before before dinner. So That's it, isn't it? It's like, I, I mean, I can't really remember being that age, but I, I can remember being like 17 and still not really feeling that like I would trust a 17-year-old version of me to make permanent Any decision. decision. Yeah. So I think if there's no, if you can just do whatever you want, at that age and there's no like guidelines or guardrails if there's permanent consequences it's maybe a little bit unfair i think well, on the... yeah ray dahlia talks about this where like the permanence of a decision is proportional to how long you should spend on it and how mm-hmm. reversible the decision is but again it's 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 this balance between someone's right to gender expression and the potential for that right to be exploited by characters who want to and and there isn't an easy solution like the was there not that guy who went to prison for some kind of series of sexual assaults or rapes or something and then he said i want to go in the women's prison and then he just continued offending identified as a woman and then yeah moved across i mean i don't think that that's a rare that's a particularly rare story anymore obviously children that this isn't a permanent consequence you know to to steel man the other side it's not a permanent consequence to change their gender expression or to change their name and do things like that but at four years old allowing the child to do anything you know if the child was late to school the parents would probably be told but changing their gender expression and their name and it's like i i think one of the concerns that some people have is that it indulges and perhaps actually encourages in children something which at that age is so confusing and maladaptive that it can put them down paths that's a little bit difficult. So Andrew Doyle talks a lot. He's a gay man and he talked about the fact that 
he didn't do sports. He didn't do football at school. I think he maybe even did sort of dance or ballet or something. And he was really into acting. Like he would have absolutely been classed as probably a, a future female under this particular, a particular sort of worldview. And it is kind of a rehabilitated homosexual hatred in a way that some of it is that a butch girl or a, a, a female as like a girly bloke that these can't be seen as someone that might actually be homosexual. It's like, no, you're heterosexual, but in the wrong body. Yeah. But there's not much downside. I mean, if, if they're four years old, you say, do you want to, do you want to stay with the girls or stay with the boys? Like, I think the, 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 there's not too much of a potential risk. I think when it's 13, 14, like potentially more of a risk in terms of like sexual age, but then at four, like, you know, there's an argument to say like let let them experiment let them do what they want because you know if you say to a four-year-old kid do you want a dinosaur for breakfast yeah 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 i do Mm -hmm. but then equally as you say if if there's a permanent thing like would do you want to shoot the teacher like yes like obviously you don't mean it but if you allowed them to carry that out then a few years later they'll be like i wish i hadn't wish you hadn't let me shoot that teacher because but but even there's there's a difference between posing the question to them and it allowing it to naturally arise and i think like as you say like if you if you say do you want to do this at four years old you maybe just don't have the the information or the life experience to to evaluate that decision so you might just say yes or no you know like it's hard to know i can't remember what it's like to be four Mm. i don't imagine very many people can but yeah like if something naturally arises and like that's a request I think it's di- that that to me anyway feels different to what about to not telling the parents as if they ask them do you want to do this or not so a, they say a, yes a or boy, no, a boy comes into school and says i want to be referred to as rebecca i'm now a girl and they do not tell the parents that this is something that's that's happening i mean if you can imagine if that was your child that was going into school and you found out that for six months your child had been living at a four-year-old kid or a five-year-old kid had been living a double life well, it's fine because mm. you'd find out because Apple would tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Get a notification from like, family parental yeah. control. The school, the school would try not to pass the information on, but they'd have no choice. Yeah, so. because your Alexa, the, the Google HomePod would have been listening in and would have sent an alert that your but, child had changed their iCloud name. Yeah, Go- Google won't know. Like Google won't be able to see a search history, but Apple will just send a text to the parents. So it's neither here nor there. Fine. But yeah, it, it seems like a, yeah, I would want to know as the parent, but I guess like it depends on. Presumably Do you have a right to know to... as a parent? It feels like the answer, the, the natural answer to that is yes, I suppose. Because the, so the, the metric that they use in medicine, if you have, say, a 13 year old girl who's saying I'm sexually active, and it's whether you inform the parents or not, is mm. you have to make a, a decision as to whether they are Gillick competent, which is based on an old legal case of, you know, Gillick versus whatever. Mm. And it's, is this person, despite the fact that they are below the age of consent, do they still have the necessary ability to weigh up the consequences of their decisions? Requisite and agency almost. Free yeah. will, yeah. But you, you would, you know, you would want to, I mean, again, this is assuming that like there's the right intentions there and the, the information's received well, but like you would want to provide the relevant support as a parent to that person and to, to not have the information and to go on assuming that that's not happening. 
I think like takes the takes something off the parents to be able to support their child correctly. But you as are going through a decision. You're, you're the guardian, right? You're the one that's supposed to be the caregiver. You're liable for whether or not. I mean, people look at fat kids and blame it on the parents for feeding them the wrong food. The only reason that, like, if if your children were able to get fat and physically not show it, and you could be culpable for the fact that internally they were getting really, really fat, like this gate, like gatekeeping community, uh, gatekeeping information from the parents about something which is absolutely crucial to the child's well-being, like, I don't know. It, again, it kind of comes back to this intersecting ideologies thing here that you have certain parts of certain um, worldviews that just don't agree with each other, and given the fact that the LGBT community, I think I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me if you're going to see more challenges up against parenting because you're going to have a lower p- proportion of parents represented within that community. And you think, well, I mean, where do you go from there? Like, it's a real challenge. And yeah, and you know, you've made a comparison of being secretly fat. And I, I realize I'm also conflating sexual preference with gender preference and that they're, they're not the same. And, you know, there's mm-hmm. different ages at which that becomes the parent's problem and, and the child's problem and so on. So it's a, it is just a very difficult one to navigate. And I don't think you can really set like a, you know, between this age and this age, because it does just depend on consent and what the relationship is and whether someone has the capacity to make a decision about themselves. Should Apple be reporting like potentially dangerous search history of children to their parents? Oh, like you know, like type stuff. For example, yeah, like linking at I suppose linking together what we've just been talking about. Like if the if these thing if the parent is supposed to be the the guardian of you know encouraging the right or the wrong decisions, and you see a flag like that, should that be reported? Again, it's a challenge, man. Like, at what point? Where does anonymity, or where are you guaranteed anonymymity, and where should it, where should it exist? Where should yeah. the privacy, where should the privacy exist for that? I mean, I had Seth Stevens Davidowitz on, who's a data analyst, and he'd done all of these different correlations to do with Google search history, uh, and he was able to identify. It was him that was able to find out where COVID cases were going to spike seven days before they did by looking for search uh, the search history aggregated, so this is totally anonymized, um, of what people were looking for. Why have I lost my sense of smell? Why am I so hot when I sleep at night? And he, wow, was, wow. he was able to predict seven days out where the highest cases were. So that was the quickest route to be able to work out what was going on. He was also able to see um, locations where there were higher rates of suicide based on some of the search histories, like how, how to deal with depression, um, what to do if you're feeling suicidal. All of these aggregated searches were correlated with high levels of suicidality within a particular location. It's That's when a whole the... new level, isn't it? Where like the captures and they can pick up early signs of Parkinson's from the tremor in your mouse. Now, do they report that to the health insurance company? Like, does the insurance company have a right to know before you do? Do they have the right to even tell you? Because they've diagnosed a problem that you didn't actually go and ask them to but then one side of that like it's it's anonymous data isn't it it's trends of search terms by volume in newcastle versus this person has exhibited this behavior it's a very different like i don't mind i don't mind my search history being used as, as ways to like improve things but if i'm going to experience like because i was a bit shaky with my mouse when i was clicking on the which of these squares have a have a traffic light in them 
Like, and I'm your premium get, goes up. I mean, yeah. I'm improved, yeah. Like, I don't know how I feel about that versus the. It's weird, isn't it? Because information. what we're relying on is a level of opaqueness between what the insurance company knows about us and what is actually happening about us. And there is a degree of game playing going on here. Like, if you are at risk for Parkinson's or if you are have like early Parkinson's, uh, like onset um, symptoms, then it's probably quite right that the insurance company is supposed to know about it. The fact that the current level of finesse with which they can see your entire sort of medical makeup isn't there. I mean, you know, what, what's the job of the insurance company? Is the job of the insurance company to make premiums based on information that they're given or make premiums based on your health? Have you guys seen or have we discussed coded bias on Netflix? No, but I've had an interview with the guy who did some research for it. <laughs> right. You should watch it because it, it talks about like, because ultimately the problem here is there is AI processing this information at large scale. And it's like we're relying on fair processing. We're relying on like an algorithm to make a decision that's going to influence like, can we get a mortgage? Can we get a credit card? What is our insurance costing based on some things that like all the way down to how you move your mouse or what you search on Google? And, you know, is it fair for those things? Is it fair for the code to have a bias, basically? And how do you police that if something's just being if something's happening constantly? How do you like should a human with emotional bias come in and, and insert their bias on top of the code bias? Or like, how do you manage like it, it could potentially all be fine or it could potentially all be catastrophic <laughs> and i feel like I suppose... all technology like all the precipices of technology that we're approaching now <laughs> are subject to that like it could all be great or it could all kill terrible. us all yeah and that's you, a... you've got to make a decision based on no information just hope for the best yeah well, i had i had Stuart russell on the show the guy that wrote the book on artificial intelligence and his most recent one human compatible is about the control problem the scariest thing that I learned from that was that the social media content selection algorithms, the ones that literally try to get click uh, click throughs and time on site, that's all that they're bothered about. Get people on and keep them on. That's all that they were asked to optimize. So what they want is to be better able to predict the preferences of the users. If they can put content in front of them that they're more likely to click on and more likely to stay on, then it has achieved its goal. There's actually two ways that the algorithm, it would appear, there's two ways the algorithm could achieve that. First one is to become better at predicting what the users want. The second one is to manipulate the user's preferences to make them more predictable. And it turns mm. out that social media content feed selection <clears throat> algorithms have been doing the second one a lot more. So when everybody says about, oh, you've got this increasing sort of these extremist views on the internet, everybody's far left or everybody's far right or everybody's pro this or not that. And this is because of echo chambers. It's because you have these very sort of siloed communities in which people only hear one point of view. Well, yeah, that's part of it. But another part of it is that the algorithms almost have like a an email trigger sequence, a several-year email trigger sequence that takes somebody that clicks on a thing and then slowly tries to push their preferences. Because if you're out on the extremes, you're a lot more predictable. If you're in the middle, you can flip left or flip right on different conversations. But if you're out in the extremes, it's very easy to see what's going to annoy you, what's going to make you feel like your views are being confirmed. And um, yeah, finding out that algorithms were manipulating us rather than manipulating the content was probably the scariest thing I learned from that book. Uh, it's interesting. I think people think social media, people think like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook 
are like that now, like, or they're more aware of it. So they think, oh, well, when I see posts around like uh, election time on Facebook, it's kind of clouded by that. Yeah. But a lot of people, at least people I talk to, think that Google is this kind of fair playing ground where when I search something, I receive like the same as everybody else who searches that term and thinks there's no involvement in, because like you're literally searching a question a lot of the time, right? Or like you want to, to find some information and it gives you an answer and you're like, oh, well, that's the answer, right? There's no assumption that, well, there's bias in like my search history, what's gonna get me to click the ads that I see at the top, the things that I've like looked at or not looked at in the past. So Google gives you the best answer for you, but that's not necessarily the most true, most true thing that you're... Or the most relevant thing for you, yeah. Mm. yeah. And, you know, for for a while, I think before we realized this, we were like, oh, we're ranking really well. Like, if you search propane anything, like, we come up on the top page. And then we were like, ah, no, that's just us. Biased um, by your own search history of constantly searching for your own stuff to see how highly it's ranking. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Whereas, um, you know, so I, I was a big fan of Brave Browser. I've recently moved back to Safari just just for the seamlessness but brave have now to the fbi so yeah exactly (laughs) just in time (laughs) to be able to upload all my photos so brave have their own search engine similar to DuckDuckGo. it's their own private search engine and it's similar user interface to google similar speed so you don't notice that you're using something different but the goal is exactly that trying to achieve much more of a objective search result one of the things that I really loved about Medium when I started using that was that articles appeared based on popularity, not based on relevance, because a lot of the time the search terms that you're putting in are a little bit inaccurate. And I would I would appreciate a version of Google or a, a version of a search engine where it was the most popular that were at the top. Now, obviously, that can be gamed as well through Limbic Hijack and uh, other sorts of games. But if you were able to crowdsource the points of view that were most viewed, that would give you an interesting perspective. Well, that's, that's how the Reddit, internet right? originally was, and Reddit, yeah. I think Reddit has started to play a bit more of the game now as well. But Where well, you can change the filter, so you can sort by most like most upvoted. Yeah, or top most of all time or whatever. Yeah. So the only problem with something like the Reddit format is that most people will only scroll down to the, the first three, third or fourth page. And so anything that there's a really strong initial bias where if something gets 10 upvotes in the first 20 minutes it's going to absolutely yep. fly and so you have to break through the inertia and then the things which are performing really well continue to perform well so it's getting the initial traction that's a problem the, that's the same thing with google right like you've heard the phrase like i i hit it where someone will never find it on the second page of google <laughs> like no one ever no one ever scrolls through the first page and go no no i don't think i like any of these i'm going to look it must at be on the second page, page. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like all of the things that do well continue just to do these Matthew, well. Matthew principles occur everywhere. But you see this with YouTube too, right? Like 80% of your plays will come from the 20%, top 20% of your videos that you have on your channel, or maybe even more. In fact, I would say YouTube is the most algorithmically manipulated platform of them all. Like it's yeah. so, but the, the, the price that you pay in terms of it being so manipulated, you benefit in the fact that I don't have any other social media where my feed is so right for me. There is always like so so much to, three to or four you, things that I want to watch. You could spend an entire day just watching the next uh, related video. You know, the top related video next recommendation. You could just do that all day. It's, I'm I'm so long YouTube. I just think it's brilliant. <laughs> like 
if you think go back like five six years and the quality of youtube content and now like it is tv quality production yeah like i i would sooner go to youtube than netflix to be honest to find something interesting have you gone have you gone premium yet i haven't oh come on i'm trapped in the in in the the propane accounts i'm in yusuf's infrastructure (laughs) but you can just pay for it you can just pay for it and then you'll both get to use premium okay 79p 79p if you do through argentina yeah you need a vpn through Argentina. How to get a Google account banned. Such a great solution. Well, I mean, I didn't. I paid full price for it. It's so worth it. Anyone that hasn't gone YouTube Premium, think about how much you value your time at and you're clicking through two seven-second ad previews every time you you want to watch a video. I mean, but part of that for me is I like to see... I, I, I watch the ads. I watch what people are doing. Every time? Pretty much, yeah. Wow. Because you can infer like the targeting that somebody's using. You can see the ad creative, the the click, the landing page. So you're listening to a master, master of his craft. You've got to take you've got to take part in the game. If you want to, I want to benefit from the game. I'm gonna I'm gonna let them play around with I, me. As one of their I really respect that, Johnny. Like you're you're very morally consistent with the way I, that you see paid advertising. I just think like I don't want to use an ad blocker. I don't like I opt into everything on iOS 14. You know the people who complain about tracking and then complain. You want about, more tracking. They they complain <laughs> about irrelevant posts on Instagram. Like, you're an idiot. Like you opted out. What do you think they're gonna do? Like it's gonna get worse and worse over time. You're still gonna get ads. You're not turning the ads off, you're just turning off relevant Your ads. ads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you remember when we were watching I can't remember where we were, maybe in my house? watching something on TV on YouTube and this was before I had YouTube premium and an ad came up and you said, these fucking idiots here, what do they think they're doing? Everybody knows that you shouldn't, what, you should deselect. Deselect TV as a placement, yeah. Yeah, because no one's going to click through on TV. You can see, so if you've ever been served an ad on YouTube, like the same ad, like five times in a week, that is a big no-no. Like there should be an impression cap. So you can always spot the, you can spot the, the noobs. Grammarly. Yeah. I saw a video the other day about their how much they've spent on. So, speak to anybody who like watches YouTube videos. They'll have, they'll have seen a Grammarly ad, and then think about that. Think about the number of impressions they've served. Absolutely. How much did they spend? I, it's in. I, I can't remember the number, but it is. It is astronomical. Do you? Do either of you two have Grammarly? No. Use Grammarly. I don't either. Do you know anyone that does? No. Interesting. Mm, what What is it? I like. They just check your grammar on like anything. I think on a browser, anything you type into a browser. Oh, so it takes all the data that you type. (laughs) Sends it to to Apple. Reads it. (laughs) (laughs) And then charges you money for that privilege. And then goes, oh, you could have put a comma there. Oh, thanks. Yeah, great. Easy to turn that in. Gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining me. If people want to find out what you've got coming up soon with Propane Fitness and Propane Business, where should they go? Propanefitness.com forward slash modern wisdom. And what's on that's for, that? That's for people who want to learn how we do what we do. So if you want to build an online fitness business or an online business of any kind yourself, that's the best place to go. If you just want some macros, propanefitness.com and then just use a calculator on the main page. And if you want to see what we're up to, youtube.com forward slash propane fitness. We are going balls in on YouTube at the moment and pumping out some fun stuff. I love it. Cheers, boys. 
Thank you. See ya. Thank you very much for tuning in. Don't forget that you can receive 20% off everything site-wide by going to puresportscbd.com slash modernwisdom and using the code MW20 at checkout. If you're struggling with your sleep, this is the first place that I would go for supplementation. And if you want to get the perfect straight smile that you have always dreamed of, head to dwaligners.co.uk slash modernwisdom to get yours for up to 70% cheaper than other invisible aligners. I'll see you next time.